Mission Chats with John Crow. This is part two of my conversation with Dan and Susie Potter, also known as Doozy. And they share a few stories and some thoughts on missions and how to get involved. Good. Well, I know you guys have a ton of stories and you are master storytellers as well, but I'd love to hear just maybe two or three stories of what God has done in and through you as you've served him over these many years. The, the stories would always center on people. And <laughs> yep. every year at our camp MTO, I work a lot with the boys. Susie works a lot with the girls, but there are boys who really show up and they do not know if mm. they want to go for God or not. Right. A very high percentage of them have already decided they probably don't want to go for God. And there's always an opportunity to take a walk with some of these guys. I like to get them away and we go out in nature and just take a walk. I remember several years ago, there was a young boy and he really didn't know. Mm. He didn't know if he wanted to go for God. He was raised in a culture that wasn't in favorable of God. And we began to walk. And he told me all the reasons why he didn't want to believe. And then there was a moment in the walk where he stopped and he said, but there's something down deeper. So there's something more. There's a mystery. And I feel I want to go for God. So his head was telling him no, but his heart was drawing him forward. <laughs> right. And I watched this boy over the next year go from this person who really didn't believe to opening his heart, to actually becoming a really good worship leader. And before he came back to MTO the next year, God took him home. Hmm. His life was finished. And the story that he and his family knew was he had taken this walk from doubt to light. Hmm. And it was a very special thing because every year I take several walks with guys and there are several moments of really deep down saying, will I, can I, should I? And I try not to push them. You know, it's not like you may die this year. It, it's not that. It's <laughs> no, simply most won't. your, your yeah. life is going to be remarkably different yeah. if you choose to actually walk this friendship with Jesus. Right. And those moments they're the best moments. It, it's not about mm -hmm. the program. It's not about what happens in the big group. It's those moments of walking with these young guys in a very important time. They're late teen years mm -hmm. where they're actually saying, what do I want my life to consist of? Mm -hmm. And making some really heavy decisions and then moving out in those. And matter of fact, our partners at MTO, he grew up at MTO as a kid and right. he's now a partner with us in it. And yeah, he made Steven some decisions Katrina. then that right. actually has affected hundreds. I mean, there's been more than a thousand kids Huge that have come through our camp. Mm -hmm. And there's something about camp. There's something about walking. Mm -hmm. Something about young guys that it doesn't happen in the big group. But yeah. those walks, right. those are the things I never forget. Mm -hmm. uh, which story do I tell? Yeah. I mean, I, I could tell... Of the stories of many teenagers when they come to our camp, even though we change locations almost every year, they're like, home, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and MTO has a subtitle of home because it's a place where you don't have to say, where are you from? You know, that question is a hard one for third culture kids. Home is here. My family's from here. I live here. I speak this language, whatever. It's tough for them. Right. So we've loved being on the journey where we're helping people find home that is not location dependent. And there's hundreds of, of teenagers like that. Recently, we were talking to a girl who grew up in our MTO camp every summer and then other conversations with her. And she just wrote back, I just put a picture up on the socials and here it was of our MTO Saturday gathering. And she just wrote a long note, 
Thank you so much for MTO. That's where I learned leadership. Mm. I would not be the leader I am today if it wouldn't have been for MTO. And we're like, leadership, tell me more about that. So in conversation, we try to grow the teens if they have some capacity, as Dan said, We let them be a discussion leader or when they get 16 plus, we put them in partnership with older leaders so they can already learn to lead a small group. And so I love the leadership potential. This past summer, I had three girls in my small group. That's one of my favorite parts of it. Yes, I love the big lectures and the fun and and all the games and activities we have, but the small group and we were going through Psalms 23 and together with our theme. And two out of my three girls were exploring if they wanted to know Jesus. Mm. And they said on the very first day, where's everybody? You know, we knew them from previous years. We're coming back. Where yet? I don't know if I want to go for Jesus. I am coming to this camp just to explore. Mm. And that's great. But we're going to still study the Bible. And it was about on the third day of our seven days. And one of the girls were like, yeah, now that I'm living for Jesus and I'm doing this, I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Back up. What happened? I might have missed something here. (laughs) Tell me what happened because a few days ago you said this and now you're talking like, oh yeah, Jesus is real and I've been living it with all these people. And it was like, oh, that's really awesome. Mm -hmm. And then the other girl was like, I'm still not sure at the end of the week. And (laughs) she's one I have been following throughout the year and she is choosing Jesus. And in the last couple of months in particular, She's not only choosing Jesus, she is on fire for Jesus. And I get to be a part of that process of her just really choosing Jesus, not because she has to, but really choosing Jesus and talking to friends. You know, she doesn't have any Christian friends in the country where she's currently living. None. Her only Christian friends are online with us on Saturday morning. She doesn't have that kind of environment. And she's learning and growing and just so amazing that we get to be a part of the transformation of lives, discovering who they are identity-wise, but especially pressing into Jesus and choosing Jesus. I think it's also, John, it is an incredible story of generations. Mm -hmm. The, The very first year that we started MTO, there was a girl that was there and she was in probably 17 or so. So this is almost and, 31 years ago now. And, okay. and we followed her. We follow a lot of the kids after they, we love they the long journey. graduate. And she started a family and she started having kids. Well, then we were blessed years later to have her kids come to MTO. Okay. <laughs> Second there generation. Was, there was yeah. four kids from that. And so it was always like, wow, your mother was at MTO and now right. you guys are at MTO. <laughs> we followed it through. And now Susie and I, we actually mentor her and her husband who are also missionaries. So this is wow. third yeah. generation yeah. down, you know, and, and in our couples program that we help grow. Yeah, we, we mentor yeah. couples. So yeah. we're always yeah. about the next generation. We're really concerned about teenagers, but when they stop being teenagers, we don't stop caring. So right. we have this yeah. program for couples called Seasons of Life. And we we mentor them for a whole year. And several of our couples used to go to MTO. And I I love journeying with people. So often in a church situation, when you're done with the youth group, you have to move on and you have to go into something else and you sort of cut a lot of ties. And I love the fact that we we just add it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just walk the journey with them. So we're finding a lot of young couples who were teenagers who made those decisions there, we can still walk the journey with them. And many of them are on mission. And I'm not saying they're in another country because I don't think mission is just about going someplace. 
It's about living in a certain way. And we're finding that right. it's it's a mess sometimes. George Verber used to call it messiology because yeah. we have full-time, part-time, no time, but it's it's about <laughs> life. It's about living life fully alive with people. Yes. And I think that's where the stories we remember, the amazing stories are those that we could not just have one off with. You know, we we love doing programs. We love going to a place and doing a program, but it's nothing like doing a week mm. or doing a season of life or, or doing a life, or doing life with yeah. Yeah. our stories would always be sort of tied into. And now here's where they are. Mm hmm. COVID, as we said, was, it was one of these really damaging things for so many people. We had one girl in particular who was in a closed country, mm -hmm. and her parents were also in this country and, and some younger siblings as well. And the culture said only one person could go out of the house per day to wow. get food or whatever was needed. Mm -hmm. And she was a 15-year-old stuck in her house for a year and a half with nobody but family. And this is one of the reasons why we started and kept MTO Saturdays going for her and a number of other people like that. Who they had nothing else. They had nothing else. And those teenage years is a time when the teens are supposed to separate from their parents yeah. and attach to other mentors and models. And she had no opportunity to do that because she couldn't leave her home. And we got to provide that for her. So that was over a time. And then last summer, because her parents were in transition again, she was able to come to the MTO camp. We had only met online and had been journeying for like a year together. Right. And when we arrived, she came running across the room and her and I just embraced and she just laid on my shoulder and cried for five plus minutes, bawling. Mm. She said, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being my people. Thank you for being who I needed in those really tough times. And then we get to spend the whole week plus together. We carry on with her and others online. And it's just such an honor to be in that sacred space where parents give permission for us amazing. to partner with them, help them figure out who they are, where they fit, what's really important, the values, the Jesus piece, of course, yep. Yep. if they choose that as well. But just to be on journey with these amazing people who live all over the world. That's fantastic. It's exciting to hear. Now, Dan, you already kind of touched a little bit on how you would describe missions. I don't know if there's any more either of you want to add to that from your experience. Do we want to add? Yes. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> It's all about life. We have a podcast as well, and it's called Just Live. And mm -hmm. I see different missionaries go to different places. Yeah. And those who become part of the culture, those who live among the people. I mean, Jesus came, Emmanuel, God with us. Mission is about being with people. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John 10, 10. When you're on mission, it means you come into every situation that they, whoever that person is you're with, may have life and have it to the full. Yeah. It, it isn't about how many people can raise their hand. Mm -hmm. It's about doing life with people. The older we get, it's just so clear that it's not all that we know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not all that we've experienced or even all of our stories. It's all about how available we are. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what when you talk about someone who is in full-time ministry, they are more available. All of us, I believe, should be on mission. Mm -hmm. Whether we are changing tires or whatever, there is a place for us to show up every day and say, we have come that you may have life to people. Mm -hmm. 
But those people who have chosen to move to another country, to move to another culture, maybe within their own country, what they're saying is, I have chosen to be more available. Mm -hmm. And that is huge. In the day that we live, there aren't a whole lot of people available. Right. Everybody wants to sell you something, even a lot of Christians. They want you to pray this prayer, make this commitment, come to my church. There are strings attached. And I'm do not this. saying that's wrong, do that. but there are a lot of Christians that are friendly, but they're not offering friendship. Mm -hmm. And this generation will not accept that. If you are going to be a follower of Jesus on mission, you have got to say, I'm willing to be a friend for mm -hmm. as long as that takes. I have an open schedule for you. Mm -hmm. It isn't just buy my product. It's please come to my home. Mm -hmm. Please be part of my family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that is absolutely what's needed around the world, even in closed countries. Mm -hmm. They're not looking for a new message, but they're looking for a friend. When people, if you're listening and you have an interest in going into missions, if you're willing to say, I want to go someplace and just be available to teach someone how to dance or to paint or to play an instrument or how to bandage a wound. If you're available for that, missions is so open for you. Mm. But if you just want to start something to promote you, I think you should stay home <laughs> because I don't think the world's ready for that at this point. Right. No, fantastic. So lastly, I always ask my podcast guests what advice they would give to others who are considering mission service. And Dan, you just touched on that in certain aspects. But uh, Susie, if you have something you want to add in that regard, especially when it comes to young people, and obviously that's who your heart's for and who you're ministering with most of the time. So how would you encourage them? Interesting you'd say that because I was just on a call yesterday with a girl who is going into missions in September and she just graduated from high school. So she's in that season. And and I was just checking in with her, you know, like, great, you've decided to do that. That's a big commitment. She's gone for two years. And how is your God time right now? Because you don't get on missions and then suddenly start your connection to God. Right. It should be an overflow of what you have experienced for many years. I was really blessed in my high school years for my parents to start a church planting movement among unchurched people. Mm -hmm who asked really good and deep questions. And that caused me to dive really deep into knowing the Bible, spending time daily with Jesus and having that as a foundation. And honestly, when I went into missions all those years later, so many moments would show up as I was doing life on life with people where something from my 12 to 16 year old years of just being in the Bible, those verses I memorized, those passages that became real to me experientially, that I was able to unpack the Holy Spirit could prick my heart and my mind to be able to share as I did life with people. And so I think one of the things is, first of all, how are you in God? That's my first question. Are you not just doing your devotions? Check. I've got that done. But are you pressing in to the heart of God? Are you knowing him? Are you learning to hear his promptings, his voice, his communication to you, his messages in every season of your life? That is the best setup for you to do missions. And as Dan said, you know, how available are you? Right. You share your life. I love what our life verse, one of the many is this John 10, 10 verse of, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. When we have Jesus in us and we do show up any place, mm -hmm. then we get to show show Jesus off. 
If we don't know Jesus, if we're not connected to him, there's no possibility for connecting them to Jesus and showing him off and making Jesus look good and singing his praise through my life and being an attractive person that people are like, there's something different about you. What is it? Thanks for asking, you know? then, you know, we earn the right to be heard. We earn the right to share a bit more because we're touchable, because we're available, we're in that space. And so I think anybody who's interested in missions, whatever age and stage, know Jesus. What does that take for you to know Jesus deeper? And then what do you have to offer in availability and friendship, maybe gifts, maybe abilities? I mentioned earlier that I became a nurse so I could become a missionary. And I've never been a missionary nurse role-wise, but mm-hmm. I've used my nursing every day sure. <laughs> as I connect with people. So you use what you have, you know, what you've gifted yourself in or trained in, or your experiences also come with you into the mission field. So if you've got some really trauma issues that mm-hmm. you haven't, you know, fully worked with, we all have things that, you know, you don't have to be a perfect person, but you might want to get some support and help to unpack those so you can be as free as possible as you know Jesus and you walk with people in life. Yeah. I'd also say that if you're going into missions, it's an adventure, right? yeah. but it's an adventure in learning. Sometimes we get this idea that I'm going to go and give something. I'm the expert. You're not going to give hardly anything because you're going to leave some of your American or Aussie or whatever behind. Yep. You're going to take some of this new culture on yeah. and you're going to develop a third culture that is you. And from that place of newness, you're going to be able to share a real Jesus with people. Not from behind, not from before, but there is this newness. But it comes with learning. Those who don't learn, don't stay in the field very long. I think that's some great advice there. So thank you so much for speaking into that question. I think that's going to be helpful for a lot of listeners as they might be considering it for themselves. Well, any uh, final thoughts you'd like to share? Well, I would just love to say if anyone wants to get a hold of us, you can get hold of us through doozy.com. That's D-U-Z-I-E. We would love to share a journey with anyone or share more stories. We just love to connect with people. Yeah. So yeah, if we can help you on your journey, answer any question. If you're a couple who wants us to process with you, if you're a third culture kid and you're like, yep, 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 (laughs) let's have a chat. We're also on lots of social media platforms. So if you just go to our doozy.com and go to the connect tab, you'll find all the ways. Pick your way. We don't mind which way we're connected. Yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah. And I'll add that into the show notes as well. uh, So people can find that easily and click through and connect with you guys. So thank you both so much for making time for this and been great catching up and hearing from your heart. Well, that brings my conversation with the Potters to a conclusion. I hope that you've enjoyed it and learned from their experiences and what they're seeing happening in the world and particularly in the hearts and minds of young people that they minister to. As always, you can find links in the show notes to their website, and from there you can connect with them, enjoy their podcast, and also find their social media connections. Thanks so much again for tuning in. Until next time, may the Lord keep you and bless you. Find us online at missionchats.com.